y'all. Welcome back to the Confessions of a Crappy Christian podcast, a place where you and all of your crap are not just welcome, you're wanted. I'm your host, Blake Guichet, and every week I'm showing up with a new friend to talk about the things we're really great at, the ways Christ fills in the gaps on the things that we're not, and how he has been faithful to make his power perfect in our weaknesses. My hope is that you walk away feeling empowered and not alone in your struggles, and that people sharing their stories pushes you to share yours. All right, let's do this. All right, y'all, today's episode is so good. My guest, Aaron Moon, is a displaced Texan living in Alabama, desperately searching for a decent chips and salsa. She is a COO of the Popcast Media Group, a freelance Bible studies editor, an author, a stories coach, and the co-chair of the Lunar Module, the home she shares with her husband and three kids. In her spare time, she does all the things we all like to do, read good books, watch great TV, and eat delicious food. She is funny, she is smart, she loves Hamilton, and we talk everything from wearing multiple hats to basic shaming and what that means and why it's not okay. So I can't wait for you to hear this episode. It is so great. Thank you so much for coming on today. I'm so excited to be here. I'm so excited to meet you IRL. IRL I- via Skype. I know. Well, yes. It, this is as real as it gets, really. Really. A, an actual conversation with you. Yes. So I feel like I say this every single episode, probably because I do, but you really are one of my like favorite internet friends that I've That's made. very nice. Um, very- you're so funny and you're so witty and I've loved finding another work at home mom who's like spinning all of the plates. Yes. Yes, we are. So much solidarity in that. That, like, oh my God, we're all just doing the best we can. (laughs) Dragging ourselves across the finish line every day. Uh, So, to get us started, can you just kind of give us a rundown of like you, your story, all the things you're doing? Because I don't even know if I know all of the hats that you wear. Yeah. So, I am uh, a podcast uh, COO for the Podcast Media Group. I am a freelance Bible studies editor. I am a stories coach for Arc Stories, which is a local storytelling event here in Birmingham where I live. Um, I do a lot of other freelance projects. I write. Um, I am a mom and a wife mm-hmm. and a person. Mm-hmm. I try to be. <laughs> and volunteer a little at my church, that kind of a thing. So, it's busy around here, but I, I love that I thrive on it. You do. You wrote a book. You co-wrote yeah. a book. Co-wrote um, a, two books in an adventure, like a young adult adventure fantasy series oh my um, called Lost Beholder with my co-writer um, and writing partner, Megan Beam. Um, they're a lot of fun. They're, they go slowly, mm-hmm. um, like, you know, coming out wise because mm-hmm. we're self-published and um, we're trying to write in the margins and that kind yeah. of a thing. But, but it's so much fun. Oh so my much. gosh. So much fun. And writing a book is so much work. It is. <laughs> it's so much work. You're like, when am I supposed to writing in the margins is the perfect way to put it. I mean, it's just like stealing moments to yeah, just where can you find time to turn off Brooklyn Nine Nine for you know a couple of episodes that you would have watched Brooklyn Nine Nine and just go to your laptop and sit down and write. Yeah. And having the brain space and capacity and creative energy. It's yeah, it's a lot. Absolutely. It's a lot. So not too long ago, you were talking in your stories about this idea of like spinning all the plates, wearing all of the hats, and you made this analogy that some plates are fine china and some are paper. And those are the ones that you need to drop. And I remember hearing that and being like, oh, okay. 
that's that is a I know you didn't necessarily mean it as like this super profound analogy, but I was like, <gasps> I am trying to keep all these plates in the air like they're all China and they're not. It's funny, like so many people resonated with that. And I and the reason I know that I had nothing to do with it is that it just popped out <laughs> when I was doing my story. And so I was like, oh, OK, that whatever. This yeah, works. And then I started to think about it and people started to DM me and I was like, oh, I know like that did not, that did not come from me. That was the Lord and uh, not that I'm some like special conduit for the Lord, but, um, it was, but but, right. It was a, uh, it was an off the cuff thing. And the more I've thought about it, the, the more it makes sense in my life. Um, just there are some plates that if you break them, it's permanent damage. Mm-hmm. My children. Your children, for <laughs> instance, your marriage, for instance. Right. Uh, your like your health. Yes. Is, like I've dropped that, that plate. Absolutely. And so and there there's nothing that says you can't pick up a plate that you drop and repair it. Mm-hmm. But um but there I think I think there has to be some kind of of like rating system that we give to the things in our life to say, okay, I'm going, these are the things that I have to do. Mm-hmm. And not in mm-hmm. a, like, not in a, oh, this is such a huge responsibility and what a drag, but like my kids are a fine China plate. Yes. And if I drop it, that's, I'm damaging a life. <laughs> right. I always <laughs> like say like, big... I know my kids are going to end up on a therapy couch at one point. It'd be just be really great if it wasn't like all because of me. Right. And it more than like will be. Right, right, right. right. <laughs> no matter what we do. Um, but I think that I think that has given me such a good I'm a very visual person and mm-hmm. so that's given me such a good picture um of how to prioritize things in my life. Absolutely. So for you, what are your like personal paper plates? Yeah, I think obviously one is family. And I think something that also was kind of clarifying for me was that I was trying to give, and I think there is in a sense, you can give 100% all the, you know, all the time to all the things. Um, But you, you personally are only made up of 100% of whatever. Mm -hmm. And you can't give 100% to everything. Right. Like my kids, they get 25% of not of my love or, but love of, of my time and who I am. You know what I mean? And, and there has to be like, you have to give yourself grace to say like, I can't go so hard all the time. I'm going to, I'm going to bust a vein (laughs) or have a heart attack or need my gallbladder (laughs) taken out or whatever. You know, you're, if we can, if we can give ourselves more grace to prioritize those things in a healthy way, I think that we'll all be better off mentally and physically and emotionally and spiritually. Is that so hard for you as a three? Yes. Oh my gosh. Because I want to, I want, I'm like, I, there was a time like this past year when I had a baby, like I want like an under one year old. Yeah. I had two other kids who emotion, whose emotional needs were just off the chart, not in a bad way. They're just children and they're growing and I'm partially in charge of that. Right. So, <laughs> so, uh, and then I was also working two full-time jobs. Oh my gosh. And, 
volunteering in several aspects and trying to write and trying to take care of myself and, you know, all of these things. And I was like, this, this, this is not going to work. Mm-mm. This doesn't work for anybody. We're all miserable here. Mm-hmm. So I, and I, I, but I like that. I thrive on that. I want to be a success and I, and not only like just successful, but in the small things that I do, I want to be a success. And so, um, yeah, it's very, very difficult for I me. I mean, because eights and threes are really similar and really different in a lot of ways. Yeah. And that need to do things well and yeah. succeed is a really common thread between the two. And so, I mean, I have a tendency to like, if I don't think I'm going to be good at something, I won't even pick it up. Yeah, exactly. And or I just ignore it. Or I just ignore it and pretend like it's not even on my, like my radar. And so there are things that are in my direct line of responsibilities that I don't feel great at mm-hmm. that I have to continue to pick up. And that is so challenging. Like motherhood. I don't feel naturally great as a mother. Same. And I would, I would really love to meet someone who does. That's just like, oh, no, this comes really easily to me. <laughs> but actually really good at, and I think that there are I think that there are those women and absolutely and I, I salute them oh my like gosh. I and I'll step to them I'm I want to surround myself with them so that I can learn from them and glean from them and help me understand uh how to make the main thing the main thing exactly because and that's what kind of where I was going with that is that the the work stuff this podcast my business that stuff honestly comes easily to me. Mm-hmm. And so that stuff could easily become really, really fine china. Mm-hmm. And my children can end up being paper plates. Right. Because it doesn't come as naturally to me. Absolutely. And so it's it you were talking about like it's that hierarchy. It's it's prioritizing what's really important. Now my business is important. Yeah. It makes money. It helps us pay the bills, but it's not more important than being present with my children than being really their like guidance through this world (laughs) just just this world in general just this world in general my goodness and I think that whether you're a work-at-home mom you're a working mom you're a stay-at-home mom you're wearing so many hats and I think I mean just in motherhood we're a chef we're a chauffeur we're a counselor we're a housekeeper and I mean it can get exhausting when we're trying to do it all from our own willpower and learning to hand our life over our, ha- our life with many hats over to God is so hard, but so necessary. Um, so what are some of the ways that you welcome God into this role of wearing all of the hats? Well, I, um, I the, honestly, like I say that, you know, there's that quote by Martin Luther that's that he says, like, I have so much to do that I have to start every day with like three hours of prayer. Mm-hmm. And I was, I was like, what a waste of time. <laughs> Like, get up and do your list. Oh my gosh. Put like, get your thesis on the door and let's go. (laughs) And which is a horrible thing, (laughs) but I have, I've never, I never understood prayer. Um, it felt empty. It felt very, uh, frustrating to me. It felt like a one-sided conversation. I felt like I was just, um, I was playing gimme gimme. Like, mm-hmm. um, here are the things that, you know, you are good. You, you know, you are holy. Uh, and I, I could never, I never knew what to say. I never knew how to articulate anything. And it was honestly this very frustrating thing for me, um, because I would hear all these people and read about all these people who I respect. And I think, 
they have really intimate relationships with God and they're talking about their prayer life. And I'm like, I don't have one of those. Yeah. Um, and I feel inadequate. And it was one of those things that I was like, well, I don't know how to do this. So just screw Forget it. it. Yeah. Um, which is not great. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Let that not be your takeaway from this podcast episode. <laughs> uh, but I, um, I started reading like Richard Foster and learning more about like contemplative prayer and like spiritual disciplines and practices. And honestly, those, those types of, of activities, because I am doing things, mm. um, because I'm actively engaged, I, I misinterpreted a prayer life as just a conversation or which I think it partially is mm-hmm. uh, so much more active than that. And so like, you know, uh, we are Anglican. We became Anglican 10 years ago and, um, the praying the hours and like starting my day that way, um, not as like a talisman or as like a good luck charm or, you know, just something to get me through the day. But, but honestly, um, a, a way to center myself and to, to center my day or my evening, or if I get to it, my midday as it's like, like, it's like a, it's like an, it's like a chiropractic adjustment, Yes, my heart and my mind. Um, and it has been honestly very transformative for me. That's Um, amazing. I don't, and, and I don't want it to sound like I, I am really great at prayer now. No, like I'm not. I've just been given a tool and when I use it, which is obviously like I, I sleep in, I hit the snooze button. <laughs> right. Like we do. Um, I'm not Martin Luther. Okay. <laughs> Luther, I'm not do. Okay. We get it. You're very holy. Um, but, uh, that has been very, very transformative for me. That's huge. And I think that I'll be totally honest, I don't know a ton about the the Anglican faith, but I think that it's kind of universal that there can be this checklist, that their spiritual disciplines become a checklist instead of things that fill us up and send us out. And I know, like, I struggle with that even now. I mean, 11 years into loving Jesus, I can struggle with my eightness will come out of like challenging rules and norms. And I'll be like, I don't need a quiet time. God loves me anyway. He's with me without ceasing. Okay. Okay. Like I am abiding and I'll forget that while no, it's not a checklist. It's not going to get me to heaven that it is going to bring heaven down to me, that it is going to equip me and fill me up. And I have conversations with friends who feel the same, that have the same exact emotion. They, I literally, I, I have a pendulum and I swing from super, super Baptist praying and quiet time are a checklist to mm-hmm. grace sustains me. I don't need to do those things. And I have got to find a middle ground like you're talking about of embedding those things into my day, yeah. not as like a checklist, but as a discipline, discipline is not a bad thing. Yeah. And I, and honestly, I don't, I don't think a checklist is necessarily a bad thing. Yeah, absolutely. There is, I find a lot of comfort in, um, routine. I find a lot of peace in routine. Um, I love tradition. I, I love that at our church, we're saying words that were written by, um, 
men and women in the 12th century. Yes. Like I, yeah. I find a lot of comfort in that, a lot of peace. Um, and, and there are times when I am having a crappy day or I am being a crappy person. And if I, that, that notification goes, my alarm goes off on my phone to go to, to my book and sit down for five minutes. And it, it just, it just knocks me back into place to go like, okay. And I don't even want to do it right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) I don't want to. I, I, maybe I don't find, maybe I'm not even getting anything out of it, but it's the practice and the repetition and the, um, I don't want to say routine because that sounds negative, but um, I know what you mean though. And that's real. That, that's challenging. I like that you're challenging my like checklist mentality that a checklist isn't necessarily well, and a bad I th- thing. I think this is why this is, I'm, I'm just in awe of the, of the creativity of God and the creativity that he gives humans mm-hmm. because there are so many different ways to worship. We, and I, and I think that there are so and there's so many different ways to communicate with him. And there are so many different ways to, um, to be close to him and be intimate with him and to serve other people. And we, I think I, I'm not, I'm definitely not saying you're doing this at all, but I know I even get into the mentality of being like, well, that's not how I'm going to do that. So, um, um, but, or naturally thinking somebody else is wrong because it's different. Absolutely. And so I, you know, I, what, what were, it's like Amy Poehler says in her, um, in her book, uh, she says, great for you, not for me. Absolutely. And that is okay. And what works for one person may not work for another person. And that's, I think that's why we have denominations. I think that's why we have different worship styles. I think that's why there are different ways to pray. Um, and I, 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 that is something that, that keeps coming to the surface. Like the way that I was taught to pray or the way that I was taught to worship is not inherently bad. No, it's, it is different than what I prefer now. Right. And, but other people do not prefer the way that I do it. And I think that that's okay. And I think it speaks to God wanting that relationship with you in whatever way you guys can work it out together. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. But, and I think that once you change your mindset that different is wrong yeah. and that different can just be challenging, yeah. like literally just having this conversation with you, I'm like, no, I would thrive in having an alert set on my phone yeah. <laughs> to remind me to like be still for a minute, Yeah, you yeah. know? And so, and I, I'm not saying that going into this conversation, I was like, you're wrong, no, but, no, 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 no. We're but we're having this conversation and as it develops, it's like, okay, like I started five minutes ago with this mentality that a checklist is a negative thing because of, because I think that growing up, the checklist was how you got to heaven. Right. And I think it's the heart behind it. Absolutely. Um, I, there's a great book, um, by a guy named Thomas McKenzie that kind of, it's like a, a guidebook to Anglicanism. And he talks about how routine, um, isn't, isn't bad. Um, the routines that you have, uh, we have a routine every day that we brush our teeth. Um, and we, and, uh, science scientists have, uh, like researchers have discovered that, um, the way that you brush your teeth, um, is the exact same way that you've been doing it since you started brushing your teeth. Wow. Our, like 
unless we have like a cognizant change, um, or we learn a new way, we've been brushing our teeth the exact same way. Now there's nothing wrong with that unless it doesn't work, unless it's not getting your teeth clean. And that, that, that like word picture has stuck with me to think, okay, what's my heart behind this is my heart to check it off, get it done. And sometimes it is Mm -hmm. that's not obviously because we're human people and we suck, but (laughs) but my heart, I know that even deeper still my heart behind it is I want to grow closer to God and I want to, um, to be one of his people. And so if I can, if I can navigate that, that desire through whatever I'm doing, then maybe it's not, maybe it's not bad. And I kind of, I mean, this is a really terrible term to relate to loving Jesus. But I mean, do you sometimes, I sometimes have to fake it till I make it. Oh yeah. yeah. I sometimes have to like, like you were saying, like fully not feel like digging into the word and open the Bible anyway. Yes, of course we have to love demands that we do things all the time that we don't want to do. Absolutely. Why can't we equate that to our relationship with Jesus? I would rather eat a hair and mayonnaise sandwich than (laughs) stick my hand down the, the kitchen sink drain to fish something out of it that has fallen down. But I do that because it's the lid to the cup that my kid is like, I mean, you, and he has to drink. So right. all right, it's, it's the love, love demands us to do things all the time that are uncomfortable or even gross or weird or strange. And so I, I think that it's okay. I think it's okay to say, you know, this is not really what I want to be doing right now, but, um, but the heart behind it and the, the undercurrent beneath it is good, is good. Okay. So we're going to take a hard left in this episode, which we, I haven't, I haven't done yet, but I'm pumped about it. And we're going to talk about basic shaming because you are all about it. And I am here for it. So you have this whole diatribe on your stories about women shaming other women for loving things that they have deemed quote unquote basic. And I just need to hand you the mic for a second. I need you to school us on basic shaming. Well, okay. So this came out of my love for, uh, for a very, for like the, the official drink of a, of, of basic, which is the pumpkin spice latte. Mm -hmm. Um, I understand that it is disgusting. I understand that it is, uh, filled with toxic sludge. (laughs) I don't care. It makes me happy. And I got, I just got, I don't know. I think one day I just got fed up and I was like, why are we trying to take why, why do we care so much about what other people love? They're not hurting anybody. Like we have real problems in the world. We have so many problems. So, so many real problems. I get that there's something to like saying, I mean, oh my gosh, I can't leave you like pumpkin spice latte is so basic. Like I get that that like makes you feel better for a minute. Which I think is uh, what it is. 100%. And fair enough. Sure. Because whatever. Do your thing. Say it but, on the inside. Uh, we're all just coping right now. Okay. <laughs> Everybody's just trying to make it through the day. Um, but I... And, and, you know, I think there's, it's, it happens, you know, people, I can't believe that you would decorate for Christmas, um, you know, before that, whatever. There are thousands of things that it could be. Um, but I love that you were literally like, I want to wear my boots. I want to wear my vest. I want to look like Han Solo. And I want you to shut up about it. 
me live about it. Let me live. Why do we do that to each other, though? Okay, but here's another question. Why do we do it to ourselves? Such a great question, too. Like, if you can find, and I think I said this in my stories, but if you can find, like, a just, like, a tiny minutia of happiness in drinking a pumpkin spice latte or putting your boots on and looking like Han Solo, like, do it. You don't have to shame yourself. I don't know if I've ever been basic shamed, but I have 100% basic shame myself. Because I think that, like, there's something to – I get it. Like, we want to be unique. We want to be, you know, not like everyone else. But popular things are popular for For a reason. Because they're good. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so I am a a go-against-the-current. If there is a popular trend, if there is a popular thing being done on Instagram, I I am not going to do it. You're just like, no, forget it. No, forget it. Like, like, uh – an end of the year culmination of photos that Facebook puts together for you. It is not getting shared on my Facebook because everybody's share this, oh, not share no. this sweet sentimental photo collage. I won't do it because everybody's doing it. And literally, this is again, I'm like taking something that you totally set off of the cuff and making it deep and meaningful and profound in my life. And it's fine. Okay. But like, when you said that, when you were talking about basic shaming, I was like, I basic shame myself out of doing things. Like, what? what's something that you would basic shame yourself about? Uh, pumpkin spice lattes, cozy okay. sweaters. Uh, like- cozy sweaters? Girl, girl, you got to wrap yourself up in that sweater. <laughs> you, you don't, don't take that joy away yes. from yourself. Or like sharing like, like sentimental things on social media or doing fun quizzes or like- just like some days you just need to be like a head to toe basic white girl like I just got to do it like I got to do like the beachy wave and I got to do the turtleneck sweater and the leggings and the boots and the pumpkin spice latte like I just got to do it you and you should yes there's nothing there's nothing wrong with that you're not hurting anybody you're not not hurting hurting yourself what the heck why do we like it's it is I am not a unique snowflake I'm just not. I got to stop. I want to be, but I'm not special because I go to Starbucks. (laughs) That's just how it is. And so you mentioned this earlier. You and I are very divided on Thanksgiving compartmentalism. Yes, because you are a like. Like Christmas starts November 1st. Yes. Right. Listen, I want you to have that joy. And you stepped up to the plate for us. You went to the plate and you went to bat for us sides of this yes I see like look look our earth is dying we we have a we have a situation happening in our government right now there's just a lot happening if you want to start the most magical time of the year early by all means bring that joy and you know what last year I put up my Christmas tree and I still had a fall wreath on the door because I, because I can I do can that multitudes, and I can do that because I am an adult. Because I am an adult, and I make the rules in regards to these things. A hundred percent. Well, and that's I didn't for the longest time. My father is a like he is the president of the Thanksgiving compartmentalism club. <laughs> like you think you are, but you're not. Fair he, enough. We Facetimed with the girls like November second, and. He, before a word came out of his mouth, it was, is your Christmas tree up? How have you betrayed our family? <laughs> like, you have brought shame 
upon our name. <laughs> and I literally called him the next day, like, to ask him something. It was like, am I disowned or are we good? Because... Okay. You seem distant. But... <laughs> like, no Christmas music, no decorations, don't eat, no Christmas movies, nothing. Which, I mean, we watch Christmas movies year-round. It's fine. But... Oh. Kids are listening to Mariah Carey all over Christmas is you in July. Yes. Well, I'm mildly obsessed with your children, but that's a whole different podcast episode. (laughs) (laughs) But but again, that wraps it into that that basic shaming that for a long time I I wanted to decorate early, but I didn't because I was like, I was legit worried about being judged. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that ridiculous? For for yourself. For your mind, as in folks. Who cares? Yeah. Who cares? And if someone's going to get salty about that, bah. Bah. Honestly. All right. So we've come to the end of the show where we do our our fun rapid fire questions. And we already know the answer to this. But tell me your Enneagram number. I'm a three. Tell me me your favorite thing about being a three. Well, the Enneagram Institute uh, website, when it talks, because it gives you like your nine levels of health. Mm -hmm. um, And on the healthiest level, it says that we are, uh, we are the paragon of humanity. And I, that's my favorite thing. You're like, I'm good with that. <laughs> like, yes, I am humanity's greatest achievement. Um, no, uh, I, I don't know. I like our capacity mm-hmm. to do things. Um, I mean, we are vain and prideful. Um, and we, we tend to ignore uh, the feelings of others and ourselves as we uh, attempt to succeed. But we have great capacity. We get stuff done. Yes, we do. Um, we, do. we we are feelers, and we way don't know. more than eights. Y'all are way more feelers than eights are. Yes. Um, and we now we don't know how we feel about something mm-hmm. ever. Yeah. It takes me years to process how I feel about things. Um, <laughs> but uh. But if the Enneagram has done anything for me, it has, it has given me handles on how to understand and love people better. Oh my um, gosh. And including myself, like I, I didn't understand, I didn't, I did as a three, I did not understand myself and I did yeah. not understand why I processed things the way I did, but I feel like I've just been given, um, just a little place to hang my hat, um, when I deal with other people and when I deal with myself. Oh my gosh. A hundred percent. I... I get questions a lot. Like, I don't know if you saw my story not that long ago that somebody asked if I was, like, sponsored by the Enneagram. Just in general. Does, <laughs> like, does this the vague, Enneagram. <laughs> this vague concept pay you to talk about it? <laughs> Which I loved. I was like, God, how cool would that be if just, like, something you loved, like, some concept that you loved was, like, shelling out dollars for I you to talk about it? That, like, the, like, big Enneagram is, like, the Illuminati. They, exactly. Like, yeah. There's just, it's a shadow corporation. Like, a check and- just shows up in the mail. Like mm-hmm. made out to cash. Like, <laughs> I mean, I'd be fine with it. I talk about it enough that I should be sponsored by the Enneagram, <laughs> uh, because you've like you've a multiple you've multiple times on series been like, well, this was this was offensive, and uh, I'm just gonna go, I'm gonna go do something with that. <laughs> because what I was gonna say is that eights and threes, and I know it says are super different, but also super the same. And in that, I can once I learned about the Enneagram, I was able to spot the threes in my life. And see that there was tension in those relationships because we were so similar and so different. And now understanding the Enneagram, those relationships are so much healthier. Oh, God, that's really interesting. Isn't that so cool? I I, I just, I do feel like everyone knows your 
your vulnerability, which I don't love. I don't love that, which my vulnerability is vulnerability. (laughs) So I've just totally owned it. Right. Yeah. I've just doubled down. I'm like, okay, now that everybody knows that I'm an eight, everybody knows that vulnerability scares the hell out of me. So I'm just going all in. I'm just going full blown podcast on vulnerability. That feels like a very eight thing to do. So I have watched it. 100%. What is something that can always pull you out of a funk? Oh my gosh. This is such a great question. Um, I, I really love, um, I had something and now I forgot about it. What was it? It's like slipped away. Oh, okay. Um, so something that can always bring me out of a funk is I have a, a cookie routine that I do. Um, and I will frequently order at least like $35 worth of diapers or $35 worth of like paper towels in order for my grocery delivery person to bring me cookies and milk if I need them. Um, this, this is my this life. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. It's free delivery over $35. Right. So I'm like, well, I'll use those things and then I'll just add in. So I do Toll House cookies. I have like our, the oven that we use, I have figured out the perfect temperature, the perfect timing, how many I need. I frost my glass Stop it. Um, in the freezer. I frost, you know, I freeze my milk. So it's got like a little like ice layer on the top. Um, I'm a whole milk person. I don't care what you say. Do not give me 2% milk. This Do not is- at me about milk. No, absolutely not. Um, and I, you know, when they're finished, I let them sit for a certain amount of time so that they are the perfect consistency. I sprinkle them with sea salt and I go and I sit down and I do whatever, or I watch TV or I, but it's the, it's the cookie routine. Don't you have like, isn't the cookie routine like written out somewhere? Yeah. I think I wrote it out in my newsletter. Um, I feel like, I think it's linked in your bio. It may be. It may be. (laughs) So I'm not going to lie. I thought your answer was going to be Hamilton. Well, it does. Um, it, oh, absolutely. Yes. That's another. That's your, your secondary. Because you have. Okay. So I know nothing about Hamilton. I've never okay. seen it. Um, but I started going through your Hamilton spreadsheet, which I will link to in your show notes. I love and that I like, am in without any initiation. Oh, uh, weeping in my car. Not even sure what I'm weeping about because I'm still not 100% on this sh- this storyline. <laughs> emotionally, but I don't know why. Yes. 100%. I'm yeah. just going through your your spreadsheet which i will link both of your both your cookie routine and your spreadsheet in your show notes because those are gold well and hamilton is very like it's just very it's very tender for me Mm -hmm. like Mm -hmm. i i feel very it's very special and it's very special for a lot of people and i know that i'm not special for loving hamilton but (laughs) it 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 is it is a a tender spot for me which i love i I love it I really had heard about it because obviously I know who Lynn Manuel is. Yeah. Did I say that right? Uh, I think it's Lynn Manuel. Lynn Manuel. Yeah. Ugh. I know That's who right. he is, but had didn't really know a lot about Hamilton. So I love that you're bringing awareness to that. How many times have you seen it? I've only seen it once. Okay. Because it's astronomically expensive. Right. And nowhere near me. Um, but it was worth uh, at least one of my children not going to college. And, um, <laughs> if I ever see it again, it will be worth the other one. No, they're one. fine. They're fine. Mom's yeah. seen him. Will, will there even be college when they uh, are? I battle? don't even think I want my kids to go to college. Go to a trade school. Go to a trade school, please. Because I have a four-year degree that I 
I kind of use because it's a sociology psychology degree. But I mean, yeah. Do you, a have th- a, do you have a theater major degree? Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> well, and and much to my parents' surprise, I am using it. Using it, it 100%. Which is amazing. So not in the way that I thought I would, right. but in a way. So what is the last thing you watched on TV? I, we have been, so I have to get ready in the morning with the baby Mm -hmm. and the baby is, he's like 14 months old. And so I know we're not supposed to watch, he's not supposed to watch TV. Like that's bad, but I have to get ready. And so, um, children don't watch TV. How dare you? (laughs) How dare you? No, I think that TV is basically raising my children. It's fine. No, it's the babysitter. We all love Mm it. Um, but we've been, we've, I turn on the old black and white uh, Mr. Rogers for him every morning. And it, it's just like a cleansing of my soul. That's also something that can always bring me out of a funk. Like I, I love Mr. Rogers. And it's another thing that you bring great awareness to via your Instagram is, uh, your son was Mr. Rogers for Halloween. Mr. Rogers, because this is probably the last time I'll get to choose a costume for a child. And And it was so life-giving. I went all out. You did. I just said, we're going to go hard. We're going to gray his hair. We're going to, we're going to, this is, this is my swan song. And it was a beautiful <laughs> swan song. And I'm very happy for you that you got to have that. Thank you. It brought a lot of joy to me. <laughs> um, Thank you so much for taking the time to wear another hat as a podcast guest. It really does mean so much to me. You were like on my list the moment I decided I was going to launch a podcast. I was like, I have to have Aaron Moon on. Well, that's very kind. And you're very good at this. This oh, was a joy. Oh, so. my gosh. Thank you so much. Tell our people where they can find you and follow you. You can find me on Instagram at Aaron H. Moon. And um, I do I do weird stuff there. Yes, Not like it- <laughs> That took a turn. Why I went there. I'm sorry. I have a completely normal Instagram account. I- no, I feel like I didn't I didn't do that right. Well, I'm really good at Oh my god, my stomach hurts. <laughs> we'll link to her super weird Instagram in the uh show notes. <laughs> yeah, please do. Please. Everyone sounds like they're really really jonesing for it now. <laughs> so much for tuning in to another episode of the confessions of a crappy christian podcast make sure you're subscribed to the podcast and you can find the show notes and more information about the show at confessions of a crappy christian.com i'll see y'all next week This morning, Jen woke up, made three breakfasts, did two loads of laundry, and one conference call. But she also saved $25 because Jen uses a new innovation from Huntington called Money Scout. It analyzes Jen's checking account to find money that's not being used and moves it to her savings automatically. Learn more and enroll at Huntington.com slash Money Scout. Huntington, welcome. Message and data rates may apply to text alerts. Money Scout is subject to eligibility, terms and conditions, and other account agreements. Member FDIC.
Start a rewarding new career right away. Giant Eagle has immediate openings for supermarket positions, including curbside roles, get-go positions, pharmacy technicians, and warehouse workers. To find your new job and get hired in as little as one day, visit jobs.gianteagle.com.